in a vast landscape full of adventurers. You are now listening to the world of Chaotic Amateurs. Welcome back to Chaotic Amateurs. Hey, everybody! It's the uh, as you can tell, it's the uh, from from the on the internet where you see the things you download your stuff. It's the epilogue, and it's our our, our final uh, you know uh, wrap up for season three. I am your host and DM of this uh, crazy adventure, Bentley Michaels. To my right, I have Caleb as Cinder Darkloft. Dash is Paleus Eoner. Rhett is Duroc Dragonsbane. And Milo is Ren. Oh, and I believe that is the last time uh, that they're going to introduce an episode like that, folks, here. Uh, We're going to do a little bit of an epilogue, and then everyone has written their own sort of thing. I have something, and then we're going to go around the table, and then we're just going to talk about uh, all the great times that we've had just being best friends playing Dungeons & Dragons. So, here we go. It's been a few weeks since the Battle of Versberg. The time has been spent rounding up Bervin's people. The city of Versberg seems to have uh, had a dark cloud lifted from around it. And for the first time in what to you all seems like years, there's peace and quiet to the world. But there is, of course, a raucous party in the city, not dissimilar to the one you received when you first arrived in Versberg after finding Hiruk's sword, the adventure that began this entire thing. Hey, go get a sword and then save the world. Now that everyone knows that dragons are real and they, uh, there's a pledge to get back to the old ways uh, where the dragons help you know, govern the bodies of land uh, that they're responsible for and to help uh, everyone make choices and keep the world harmonious. Now, as the party goes on, everyone's having a great time. Uh, your old pal, Varkham Slatebork, shows up slight... Take two. As the party goes on, your old pal, <laughs> Varkham Slatebork, shows up congratulating you all and saying that he knew since he met you that you were a great adventuring party. His friend, Frank Munsil, finds Ren, looks down at him and says, Well done, little one. Paley says, Mommy and her elven warriors leave after the first day back to Laurelin, but she encourages Paleus to visit soon. Gromok, Groutdrat, and Grokok, your orcish friends, and tattoo inspiration. They're there with your small armada, Paleus and Pals. What adventures await you? Who knows? Darok, both of your sons are in the same room with you, and for the first time in years, and it's a warm reunion to see them, and you all uh, commiserate and, and have a few drinky drinks. Ren, you and your followers celebrate and spread word throughout the city. Ulagon and stuff. Pamphlets for all. <laughs> we're not a cult. Yeah. But, yeah, here's a, but wear, wear this pink shirt that everyone has to wear. People are most curious about Ulagon because they've heard so much about it. Cinder, while you're happy and seem to have found a crew, uh, you have a spiritual tug on your tongue 
almost willing you to finish another mission. One that you haven't quite shared with your, uh, your, your team yet. Your dragons are there in human form, enjoying the evening and talking with you. Uh, Browernick's son has aged himself to be an adult dwarf and no longer the pimply-faced teen that you once dealt with. The celebration goes on for days. Everyone is happy. It's a classic end of a great movie. However, before credits roll, on the edges of all the happiness and prosperity, there is a nagging darkness. Who is the Lich Vecna that Berevin had been so openly wearing the symbol of, and where was Zarvog's lair? No one quite seemed to know exactly other than it was on the landmass of Austristan, home of Paulville and Bravik, where today the hero, uh, the hero statue of Lanston Philly Duke, the greatest known to ever do the damn thing, is shining a little bit brighter. <laughs> these are all ponderings, uh, these ponderings of Zarvog's egg, which you will have to keep safe over the next 100 years for it to hatch uh, properly, and then hopefully raise the dragon with some freaking respect. All these thoughts linger in the back of your minds as you celebrate and receive adulation from the city and the world as a whole. And that, for me, is the end of uh, my adventure. So, we will go around the table. Cinder, your epilogue, if you please. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Before before I get to that, I want to lean over to Durak and I I want to ask you, sir. Are you gonna Are you gonna raise Zarvog? I gotta find Zarvog first. Hmm. Remember what they said: that once the dragon is slain, their egg returns to their safe haven. Is it your intention? I guess we'll find out in your epilogue. You will find out in my okay. epilogue, but in your epilogue, the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. since you didn't write an epilogue, let me write it for you. <laughs> yes. That was my plan all along. <laughs> One word, epilogue. <laughs> so, uh, Cinder does follow uh, Durak for, for a time, if it fits with his epilogue. Um and he assists when and where he can. Eventually, he travels to town uh, on his own. He kind of diverges from from Durak at Durak's request. Who knows why? Uh, and too much tongue stuff. Yeah, probably. Uh, not enough whip stuff. <laughs> too much tongue, not enough whip. <laughs> you heard it. The Cinder Dockloff story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he travels to a town in Relseren, and uh, something odd happens. Uh, he's walking with his, with his new, uh, well, I guess not new at this point, uh, cat friend trailing behind. Uh, the cat's rummaging near an obviously run-down and deserted church. Uh, he gets this weird metallic taste of blood in his mouth. Uh, not paying much attention, figured he just bit his cheek or something like that. Um, it, it grows more intense, and the cat starts to get agitated. Uh, as this happens, he also notices a bright blue glow out of the lower peripheral of his vision. Uh, reaching down to console his cat and pondering what this all means, his eyes get large with the realization. He begins to circle around the church, attempting to find a clearing to enter and investigate. Unable to find any openings large enough, he tries to peer through a, a molded-over window. Uh, he sees nothing but open, dusty pews and a table with four carved chairs. He shouts, hello, 
Anyone in there? And places his ear close to the glass, listening for a response. He doesn't hear any intelligible response, though. But he swears he hears the murmurs of a conversation. Not wanting to pass up the possibility of getting closer to his tongue's burdensome task being completed, he suspects magic is at play and calls his cat Galileo over. After a brief moment, uh, <laughs> Dusty, from rooting around, he uh, Galileo appears. A few pet, a uh, few pets, and constellation pets. Later, uh, he places his hand on Galileo's head. Cinder looks around to see if anyone is near, and content that he won't be disturbed, he his tongue lifts words into the air and pulses brighter for a moment before returning to a constant glow that won't subside. All of a sudden, his body falls limp, but his consciousness remains. However, now, when he opens his eyes, he now sees the world from barely a foot off the ground and sees himself collapse directly in front of his gaze. He now possesses the body of Galileo. Cinder shakes off dust and scurries off, searching the foundation of the church, in and out of crumbled stone, finds an opening, and enters the main sanctuary. Once he passes through the stone, stone walls, and his line of vision pierces the shadowy haze, aided by the cat's mystical perception and keen eyes that now glow blue, Cinder now sees three individuals seated on the front bench, bound. Two giants, one on either side of the raised flooring that house a large table and four empty seats. While Cinder's vision is enhanced, the sound is muffled, as if underwater. Not satisfied, Cinder slinks closer, taking cover under the empty pews. The sound doesn't improve in fidelity. By the time Cinder reaches as close as he dares, four figures have already entered and have been seated at the table. None of the scene making sense. Cinder, surprisingly patient, waits for some sort of sign. Something to tell him why this place is important and why his tongue is reacting. After the warbling conversations of the bound individuals and the four at the table lulls a bit, one of the bound individuals stands up and immediately the room is thrown into chaos. A green mist forms into a horrific being, something never seen before in Cinder's previous adventures, which is surprising considering how many adventures he's been on. Something very dramatic is playing out here, but Cinder is clueless as to its significance. Shortly after the chaos begins, a bright flash blinds Cinder, throws Galileo to the back of the sanctuary, hitting some debris with great force, and Cinder, still limp, is knocked properly unconscious and out of Galileo's mind. For a moment, there's nothing but dark and rest in Cinder's mind. He comes to with a start. But it, it must be a nightmare. He's back in a dark cave from almost a decade ago, chained by his neck to a stone slab, robed figures around him chanting. Looking to his left, an elderly tiefling stares at him, mouth agape, bloody and empty, corners of his mouth rising slightly as he sees Cinder awake. The life then seems to leave the eyes of the old grinning tiefling. Cinder attempts to scream, but he can't do anything but produce a gargle of warm fluid. Looking directly over him, he sees a robed figure standing, straddling his chained body. The figure, holding in one hand a glowing, pulsing, and throbbing blue piece of flesh, and in the other a curved, ornate dagger covered in dark fluid, bends down towards Cinder's face. As the hands and their dark possessions move closer to Cinder's face, the chanting crescendoing in fervor, he lets out one last gurgle and closes his eyes. In the darkness, he can hear the figure over him whisper in his ear, This dark deed will beget more dark deeds, and yet stifle others. 
you must find the sword of Cass and destroy its possessor. Baron Valgris. Long live Vecna. All of a sudden, he feels a light, scratchy, rhythmic pressure on his face and opens his eyes. Surrounded by the darkness of night, rubble slightly illuminated by his tongue, and a cat licking his face, Cinder sits up, attempting to catch his breath. Cinder swallows hard, saliva still tasting like blood, gives a few pets to Galileo, and stands up, dusting himself off with one hand, unfurling his whip with the other, he says, Galileo, it seems we have a date with a baron and a sword. At the utterance of the word sword, simultaneously Galileo hisses, and Cinder's whip lights a flame, dripping embers as they walk away from the ruins, led by the mingled light of orange flame and blue glow. <clears throat> Sorry, Milo. <laughs> um, yeah. <coughs> what? Nice. What? <laughs> I... It, it's just where it led me. I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I dig it. To, to Milo? <laughs> well, uh... Baron Valgris. Yeah. <laughs> That's mm. his character. Oh, uh, right. Oh, that, that from asshole Bucky. that I don't yeah, like. Yeah, from yeah. Bucky stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So it seemed that Cinder's ultimate task in life is somehow intertwined with your task in life. And that's and what... They, and they oppose... And that's what I tried to do, like, because once we started playing your game, like, my whole thing, you can see it in, like, the season two notebook, is my whole thing was it was going to be about a lich controlling this thing. That's right. I remember you a long time ago. You were like, dang it, you... So I was like, I'll just take my lich and make it your lich. Yeah. And then... You know, that's why, like, my in my epilogue, I say there's still something out there. It's still like it. your thing. So, I mean, the it, you know, the door's still open. Yeah. But uh, that's that's a very cool, that's a very cool thing. Bringing in the worlds. That's what I was trying to do too. Like, you know, to bring in, that have it be on that uh, uh, the landmass of Ostristan, like where where we've you know we've we started everything. Yeah, um, I, I smell a spin. I smell a spin off. <laughs> yeah, I, I smell a spin off. Yeah. We're, yeah. Hollywood. Call what beer you on, bud? <laughs> Adding in the ones where you were at beforehand with your pals. Yeah. Let's let's just not talk about that. Yeah. So would you would you mind disrobing real quick? That's uh <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. Just kidding. That's a that's a really cool ending there, Cinder. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I, I'm happy to see uh I thought I was well, you guys will see in my epilogue, but I thought I was gonna be the only one that brings up something and so far everybody's brought it up. Oh, good. Right? So, yeah. Down. So it shows that we're all in the same place. All right, who's next? Brought, uh, brought, next is uh, uh, Taylor. Brought what up? Rhett? Hello? Oh, brought, I'm so sorry. Out? Dude, total stroke. <laughs> uh, I, so I thought that, that I was going to be the only one to bring up like the lich and stuff again. Mm. Oh. And uh, so far, everybody has brought it up. In a, it seems to be a thread. Yeah, mine's going to have the lich too. So Anyway, Peleus, it's your turn. Oh, mine won't have a lich. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, it can. It's not too late to He retcon is it. the lich. He is the he yeah. is the, Peleus was I was Vecna the whole time. Yeah. Pulls off uh, a mask. There's no surprises here, Peleus. I didn't really I had my eye write on you. anything down. I mean, I wrote it down. That's okay. If it makes you feel any better, Milo and I didn't either, Yeah, we didn't so. we didn't write anything per se. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I mean, I started to write it and then I was just like it just seems like a lot. I already know. Yeah. Okay. So, uh yeah, Peleus in Earth. Here we go. So after uh, the battle and everything that happened at Würzburg, uh, Peleus sets sail with his small little armada uh, in search of, of course, new Peleus adventures. Pals. Peleus and pals, yes. 
uh, in search of new adventures and new opportunities. And uh, but you know, cruising the high seas, looking for treasure and and excitement, just didn't do it for him. Uh, it's just it's not the same, you know. And so uh, he remembered when he was originally hired on to do the adventure was his whole task was to guide you adventurers through the uh, mm. uh, narrow, what was it called? Oh, yeah. Uh, Anyways. To the, to the island of Narrow yes, Green. there you go. Uh, and through some treacherous waters, and he remembered that that was what got him started on this whole adventure. So he started uh, his own company, essentially. And, and what they did is, like, uh, he went from pirate to now he's kind of like anti-pirate. So basically his company, Pele's and Pals, that's right. Uh, he just took the name and ported it right over. Uh, him and his small little uh, fleet, which then grew to a huge fleet. Uh, yeah. He, uh, they would be hired by merchant vessels and civilian ships uh, who needed safe passage through treacherous waters or pirate-infested waters, and he would guide people. And uh, he would also be hired out by other adventurers, much like ours, uh, who needed safe passage across the seas because not everyone's you know well versed in sea life, and he is. And so his company grew, and it, it was it was a booming trade, and it was going really well. Uh, and as the years go on, uh, he received a letter, or if you will, like a notification from his uh, mom. Uh, his his mummy. Uh, his mummy was getting on in in years, and. Uh, Pelis has always had uh, trouble with the pure elves from where he's from because he's a half-elf and there's a lot of kind of racial kind of headbutting there. And so even though he's always said, you know, I'm a man of the sea, uh, it's really, he's just, it doesn't feel comfortable back home. But his mom begged him, like, you know, I'm getting on in, in my years and I would like it if you came back home and spent some time. And begrudgingly, he, he gave up his life on the sea. I mean, he's still, you know, making that residual income. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, making he, his money uh, work for him. Yeah, he went back home. And uh, he eventually worked his way up to, like, the elder council of, like, wizards uh, in, in, the, in the high court. And he even uh, was responsible for resurrecting uh, these schools of magic. And he became a very prominent... Uh, professor and uh, anyways, so Peleus Dumbledore, Ian Earth. <laughs> no, uh, he uh, basically uh, became a, a really well-known wizard uh, simply just from like his studies, obviously, and all his adventures. And uh, he guided many uh, wizards in their uh, path to becoming great magic users. And uh, then. Uh, he was really, really old. He was like 180. And uh, he went out to the beach one last time and he looked at the, the ocean and just reminisced about the old days. And then he passed away. Oh. Did he ever go find Aoth and did That's, we fall in love? That was, yes. That was at the front of. I was going to ask that if somebody. Dash, did we fall in love? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are there like. It little, was a seven day tryst. <laughs> It was passion on the high seas. Any little paleases? Uh, hundreds. <laughs> so many other little paleases. Uh, he, he, him and Aoth did uh, reconnect. He uh, and Aoth, uh, she helped him a lot with his trading, his little company. Uh, she 
uh, even ran her own ship for a time. Damn right I did. Who? Yeah. Aoth, <laughs> my wife. <laughs> Never and, heard of her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, well. You, you must be new around here. <laughs> Anyways, uh, and because of the new timeline, it was really hard for Peleus to go back and convince Aoth that they do know each other. Uh, because he was now in a different uh, timeline and they had never actually met. Uh, but he remembered. He was like, "Oh no, I'm gonna make you remember." <laughs> actually, uh, no. She would have. She would have oh, met would've? you. You just went forward in time, so it's just like you disappeared for like nine months, oh, basically. Okay. So she she remembered who you were and she gave you a good old slap. Nice. She's like, I, "How dare you slap?" And then I bailed smooch. On Nice. For seven days, and then slap they... and smooch. Uh, how did you kiss me? <laughs> uh, let's just figure it out. Okay, here we go. <laughs> let's just do it. Yeah, and and they had. Uh, uh, you kids both are so method, and oh, we're so method. <laughs> um, we practiced before you guys got here. Uh, yeah, and and that's Paley's. That's Paley's story. That's awesome. Another yeah. spinoff. Yeah. Awesome, Duraki. You're up next, bud. Yeah, that's so sad. After Wait, the last, that's sad and sweet. Thinking yeah. of him passing away, looking at the sea. Yeah, I know. That's why I did it uh, to make you all cry. <laughs> the room, the room set up, bud. I don't like it. Well, <laughs> sorry, Durock. Sorry, Ren. I'm you glad it ain't me going word. last though. So, um, you know, Durock wakes up from his. Uh, unconsciousness that of course he was left in at the end of the last episode and uh he, he's being fussed over by many many doctors uh of all what don't don't just get out of here he's being fussed over by many doctors very reminiscent of the of like you know one of those scenes in lord of the rings where you know they like, those doctors Whoa. definitely just robbed you and <laughs> yes they did actually can you disrobe now please yeah um <laughs> dude get him to listen he would be the best fan i don't want him to know that i'm out there spreading around his fucking story dude i'll fill him in after this our patreon would be so funded um so anyway Derek wakes up and for the first time in many 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 years uh, he is afforded the opportunity to rekindle his relationship with his kids, um, and they spend um, some quality time reconnecting, rebonding while he is in the hospital, um, recovering. And Dark tries to enjoy the taste of victory, but we all know him. And it isn't long before his mind quickly turns back to work and he's thinking of not only the fact that somebody is going to have to go and get Zarvog's egg and recover it uh, and hopefully protect it from evil but he's also disturbed by some of the information that the party learned from Berevin that Lord Vecna was in fact pulling the strings had corrupted Berevin had nearly toppled the uh, civilization of Versberg and corrupted one of the most powerful creatures in Dewania, Zarvog the Red. Now, while he was under strict doctor's orders for bed rest, uh, he was uh, 
he had some helping hands that uh, were fetching him texts from the library, things like that. And it wasn't long until he uh, had more knowledge of the Lich than he had had before. And before he had an idea of where he might be able to locate the egg of Zarvog. And he realized that as long as this Lich uh, was out, you know, as long as the Lich was out there, he could still get his hands on Zarvog's egg and he could still rise to power and prominence in the same way that he did with Versberg, uh, you know, very indirectly and all that, but still. So, against Doctor's order, uh, Durak spirits himself out of bed. But uh, it wasn't... Um, I forgot to mention one thing. Uh, also, in his, in his victory, the, the High Council of Versberg, which are the sort of elder... Uh, members of the Versbergian Senate uh, con- uh, conferred upon Durak uh, the title of Protector of Versberg, a title that had only been uh, given once before in the last thousand years, and it was to his great-grandfather, Hiruk. Um, and as the Protector of Versberg, he is basically afforded uh, you know, the, sort of, the sort of right to do whatever he deems necessary to protect Versberg from evil and danger and things like that. Hopefully ensuring that nothing like what happened with Berevin happens again. Now, he spirits away from his hospital bed and asks for his friends to meet him in the dead of night. His friends, known as Ren and Friends. Totally there. So... In the dead of night outside the walls of Versburg or in the dark alleys, whatever have you. He looks at you, uh, he looks at you all. Friends, I'm afraid I've rested too long. And it's time I set out. The egg of Zarvog is out there. And there's whispers of a dark, twisted magic. Vecna. He calls himself. Unfortunately, there's little I can do from my bed at the hospital. And so, I'm setting out tonight. But I would be remiss if I didn't ask my brothers in arms to join me. What say you, Cinder? You have my whip. Alias. Oh, yeah, no, all right, I guess, yeah. Ren. <laughs> well, you know, buddy, I, I, you're, you're like, you're like my, my brother, my, my, my most important friend, and anywhere you go, I'll go with you. I'm glad to hear it, Ren. I feel the same way. Uh, whoops. <laughs> my mind went blank for a second. And that adventure begins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, uh, yeah, that that adventure that adventure begins. And uh, Durak has one more thing to say. Ooh. And he says uh, he knows that uh, I know that we won't be able to stay together forever, even though I would have it that way. But my new title as Protector of Versberg affords me. The honor of conferring upon you 
some titles and privileges myself. Know now that the halls of Versburg are forever open to you. And I ask you to join me in dubbing us the Band of the Dragon. Protectors of Versburg, protectors of Dewania, and should the head of evil ever turn its way towards us, we will be there to stop it, ever vigilant, ever present. What say you, team? Yeah. All right. Let's go get this egg. Let's give him one hell of a fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or I guess. That's, a, that's, that's exactly how it should. <laughs> that's the exact yep. same. You, you always give an impassioned speech, and then everyone's kind of like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go, let's go kill anybody in our way. <laughs> There's no DM to make us roll anymore. So, <laughs> okay, so we win. <laughs> now I kill it, Will. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Good for you, bud. All right, Ren. Oh, dear, dear little Wren. <laughs> so, Wren. Um, of course, after after the fight, he, he gathers all of his followers of Ulagon. Um, definitely names Yuri to, uh, you know, become the, the leader of the Church of Ulagon here in Versburg. Goes and, and meets with... Rock and, and his other friends and he spends quite a bit of time with Durak. Uh They travel to many different far off areas. Uh, each city that he goes to, uh, he continues to spread the word of Ulagon. Uh, Uligan begins growing more and more powerful, more and more followers, more and more people uh, seeing how great and awesome Uligan is. And, and through that, Ren feels more and more confident, more and more powerful himself. And his ego begins growing and getting larger and, and greater oh. as as more people begin following Uligan and in a sense, following Ren and friends. Um, and as he gets more and more followers, more people that are part of Ren and friends, uh, Uligan notices this. He's like, hey, you know, uh, people aren't following me as much as they're following you anymore. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm pretty great myself. And kind of in that moment, as Uligan's been raised up higher, uh, and Ren kind of talks back to him, Ren feels his powers kind of begin to drain out of him, and everything that has been put into him through Uligan kind of fades away, and uh, Ren, like deep in his bones, starts to feel all of the the battles and the time that has passed on uh, begin to kind of creak and, and age. Um, and Ren loses his powers uh, due to just being overconfident and trying to be more than 
just a, a follower of Ulagon, but create his own church of Renan friends. Um, he calls on Yuri and some of his other friends from the church, and they bring him back to his hometown of Cade, um, where he's allowed to uh, kind of see what's become of his church, his uh, brother-in-law is there and, and he's running the church of Ulagon now. Um, his family's essentially disowned him at this point. His mother has passed away. Um, he decides to go back to the, the just small rundown shack that he lived in where these powers of Ulagon were brought to him. And there by that lake and uh, with the sound of drums playing and uh, many of the followers of Ren and friends surrounded by him, uh, he passes away quietly. That's the story of Ren. Mm. And Durok is there. Wow. And he sheds a tear. <laughs> and I tried really hard not to cry during that. <laughs> Dude, that was, it was tragic. Really... <laughs> that was a sad story. When you called on your friends, including Yuri, to bring you back to Cade. I want you to know that Durok was there too. If Cinder caught wind, he'd he'd rush. <laughs> he'd rush there too. Not yeah. Paleus though. It's definitely what I saw for Ren. I'm just kidding. Paleus is there too. I wouldn't let him say no. I sent a letter. <laughs> no, so, Paleus is sorry there. I couldn't be there. Uh, Paleus dude, is that... there and I did a little magical little thing at your at your funeral. I'm sure Yamhorn is looking down. Eager to accept you into the afterlife. And uh, still with a sword stuck through his mouth. Yeah, I feel like... pal, Durak. <laughs> <laughs> how, how many years do you think after our adventure between that and when Ren dies? Or how long, you think? Yeah, um, uh, so since we all did our epilogues, now we're, we're smoothly transitioning into, uh, you know, the chaotic corner, the, the, the wrap-up sesh. Little unbriefing here, but unbriefing for season two and three. And uh, that's a very good first question. How long do you think uh, Ren was out doing that sort of stuff? Because essentially what you're saying is kind of like Lord of the Rings, like the Ulagon was like keeping you. Yeah, it gave him extended life for sure. Right. Um, I feel like uh, Ren and and Durok probably stuck together for several years at least. Yeah, I think so too. Um, In my mind, there's, there's something... As they're working together and as they're, you know, trying to fight this lich and trying to find the egg, and at some point there's something that drags them apart, in my mind. Mm. I don't know what it is exactly, um, but I feel like Ren decides to leave at that point and from, then kind of go off and do his own thing. From your from your epilogue, it sounds as if you're... you're um the the hand the the graceful hand of Ulagon was lifted from you right and that's what kind of drew your powers out and allowed you to age and die essentially yeah. but it before all that happened it it was kind of your your ego and your hubris kind of grew too big and i wonder if maybe there was a conflict between you two where maybe something small i'll tell was you part of- out of proportion cuz you thought you were so that would make awesome. a lot of sense that could work Here's also what I was thinking. So I've had this idea for a long time, and it has never come up, and now we're kind of at the end of it. And maybe I'll make it canon in the post 
the the post I'll decide if it's canon. <laughs> It'll be the po- yeah, the ep- the post epilogue. <laughs> but uh, I've had this idea for I don't know, probably like 6 months or so that uh that uh it would be revealed that Durok had dwarven cancer. And, oh yeah, we talked about this. Yeah, and, and so that's part of tell, like tell them how you wanted to like have it happen in the battle because I thought it was really cool. Yeah, I yeah. Just how long have you been hiding wanna... this from us? Six months. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Durak Durak is so in my head canon that I've sort of had, and again, this hasn't come up in the game, but Durak uh, was sort of lingering away, having received the diagnosis maybe a couple months before Valtred Boulder Grip assembled Ren and friends to go and find. Uh, Draken's Toter. And so sort of that mission to go and get to reclaim a piece of his family lineage was like supposed to be, you know, and the idea being that, you know, the walking dead make the best soldiers, you know, and what better cause. Is that your Christopher Walken person? Yeah, exactly. The walking dead. dead. Well, the the walking dead have nothing to fear. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that was pretty bad. That That was the worst Walking impression I've ever heard. The Walking heard. Dead got nothing no, to What fear. is happening? <laughs> so I. Sh- <laughs> the Walking Dead have nothing to fear. So I shoved this watch right up my ass. All right, all right. Uh, anyway. So, uh, yeah, so the idea would be that, you know, he, what a great last adventure. But of course, Jurok sort of like re. like his spark to live sort of was rekindled. Um, and we, me, I had talked to Bentley, like, wouldn't it be awesome if like I was duking it out with Zarvog and he had just taken a big old rip, you know, bite out of me or whatever, ripped my armor off. And the cancer had progressed to a point where the rocks, the rocky growth on my organs (laughs) were starting to like protrude from my skin. So there would have been like a rocky growth, like cutting through my body. That's terrible. Uh, and you know, and the idea was going to be, I really wanted it to be a moment with Ren, you know? And so now I'm thinking back to this, that there's something that maybe drives us apart. Maybe on our adventure, you learn I've been keeping that secret from you that I've been sick and Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's the prognosis is not good, even though I've been living well, and and surviving, it's with maybe with significant discomfort or something like that. Maybe that makes you mad at me that I've kept something like that secret. And maybe you insist on healing him, but he won't let you because he's too. Yeah, you know. Or maybe that maybe, maybe I just... I want to bring you back. Yeah. If you were to pass on from this rock. Oh, this is when Ren becomes a necromancer, and then you're just like nah, and I'm just like you know what. Maybe. Time, time and travel, Ren, and I can sort of Ren's see, like I'm the lich now, and I can <laughs> sort of I can sort of see how then trying to sort of grow your your church, it becomes almost like a personal issue where you're like, well, no, if I maybe if I have more followers, you know, anything more things become possible. Yeah, you know, I have more people to help me in this, more knowledge or more power, whatever it might be. Like you delude yourself into thinking that more followers equals more power for you to be able to do to heal me to or to bring him. me back or whatever yeah. it might be. I like that, and uh, that's fun. And I'm just like, Ren, this is the natural course, man. And uh, Yeah, I remember one thing that you sent me, you're like, Zarvog, like, yeah, eats, like, you know, takes a takes a thing out of me, and you see, like, that my insides are slowly turning to rock and yeah. that, that sort of stuff, like. Yeah, but it never ones. came up, and then I was going to bring it up in my epilogue, and it never came up, but that was part of my reason for, like, wanting Ren to travel with me is that, like, you know. I'm, I'm sick, and yeah. I want to spend my last years with my friends. But I also outlive Ren, so. <laughs> I, I have to say, how badass is it that we came up with Dwarven Cancer and how serious of a... Yes. Uh, like, it's cool. Yeah, like, it is really cool. a D&D official thing. <laughs> I do. Where you slowly turn to stone from the inside. I'm going to call Jeremy Crawford tonight. Yeah. Probably should. <laughs> 
Uh, Maybe not tonight. What's right, some tomorrow, uh, Monday business hours? <laughs> here's something that I wanted to do very, very early on in season two that never went anywhere. But like those um, bandits where you did the first Bull Gurum, yeah, who yeah. are all just numbers yeah. or whatever. Nineteen. Yeah. Um, they, I mean, they they ended up being a. Uh, um, you know, like Varkum's sort of like, you know, foot Goons. soldiers, if you will, and he shredder type of deal. Like, m- I wanted more of that. Like, I wanted to incorporate them more throughout the world, but it just never, yeah, it never came up. Like, in, in my head, where I was like, I mean, I guess I could have used them as a caveat, like going back, looking, you know, thinking about it, like, I could have used them as more of a caveat through any place you went to. There was like these, it was like this group of, bandits assassins whatever like you know they were always part of the world like that's something i wish i would have actually explored more the, yeah. the is there anything in the any game. of your guys's heads that something that came up something that happened that you thought might be something that didn't come back again i never got to name Drock's father <laughs> what's that i never got to name Drock's father in the show <laughs> okay <laughs> i was i was actually thinking about uh this a while ago um I remember when we were going to different towns and stuff, Ren was absolutely insistent that bards were part of the underground and they were part of the resistance. <laughs> and we needed to find every single bard in every well, town. Torn, he saved our, our heinies. That's that true. Um, you did do that. And because you kept doing that, I purposely never did anything with it because, <laughs> because every, any place you would go, you'd be like, well, the bards, you know, like like the musicians, they're you let's, know, let's go. To, yeah, the I punk kids, that. yeah, the, these damn punk kids, yeah. they uh, th- they'll know information. I'm like, not in my game. <laughs> but yeah, that was I'm like, I'm like that, that, like that that made me a very D and D tropey thing that we're like, well, this is how it should be played. I'm like, nah. Uh, yeah, but that's fun though because it just it just yeah. subverts things. And, and, and I think yeah. that was part of of Ren's uh, like mindset as Neurosis. well. Neurosis. Where he's like an old man and he's like, oh, these these kids and their yeah. music, they're going to they're going <laughs> to be Kids know the, stuff. Yeah. They're going to be part of their resistance. Oh yeah, music topples <laughs> hey, everybody's fascists. favorite bard Crystalina Pickle Kiss. Oh yeah. Buying those uh buying those fiery wings and uh and then then like the the the, the weird beer that you uh, the annihilator. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, that was a funny episode too because like I was like, okay, so Durak, you uh, you take and uh, and you feel you're like Durak barely feels. It. I was like, that's the exact opposite of what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, <laughs> just like you're. That was one of the first times that I think you really played Durak like what he became into. You're like, yeah, have another round on me, Bard. More wings, everybody. Like, <laughs> that was also I think when we came up that uh, dwarves have two livers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. redundant livers. Yeah, yeah, because that that explains their resistance to poison <laughs> as yeah. well as that they have two their livers. Heartiness, their heartiness. Yeah, uh, I want to know what happened to that kid that Yamhorn killed that Ren brought back. Billy, Benny, yeah, Billy, Billy, my boy. What did he grow up? To the be? the yeah. first Billy. Yeah. Can we get uh, him? So at- I want to know what happened to him. I think we should all decide what happened to him and what happened to Probe. Yeah, what happened oh, to Probe? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Probe's chilling. Uh, Probe, uh, he he was there with all of in all he's, of the celebrations. He's captain of the he, guard at Versburg. He, <laughs> <laughs> he, he works his way up through the Perfect. ranks. My first act as protector of Versburg is to put my man Probe in charge. <laughs> yeah, we forgot Probe about him for six episodes. <laughs> Probe sometimes shows up. Who knows? Yeah. You know, to, to guard the city. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Hey, wait, what about Probe? 
<laughs> City <Where> falls. To- <laughs> they just uh, first Billy, uh, uh, Billy number one that that you uh, that you guys killed, and then uh, who brought him back? Ren. Yeah. I think yeah. Ren. Did. Ren, yeah, Ren brought, brought him back. back. Um, I'm going to say that he goes on to be a, a very fanatical follower of Ren. Mm. Makes sense. And uh, and follows him and 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 becomes one of his uh, right hand uh, right hand guys like in, in the whole church. Of uh, in the church of Ren and Friends, uh, very very high up, you know, like comes to me, you, hey, you remember when you saved me? And, and Ren's like, of course, my son, blah blah blah, and like you know, uh, he 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 ran the church that that Ren basically desecrated and took over, and where you guys were in the bell tower, and he, Peleus cast spells from it, and um, he is like your Lazarus, yeah, it, right? Oh yeah, yeah. sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he, of course, he's gonna spread the hey, word. Hey Ren, bigger than Jesus, here. you know what I mean? Yeah. Jesus isn't real in Dungeons and Dragons, so. Wow. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> Might be canon next time. <laughs> Actually, that is my next character's name. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Jesus of H- Nazareth. Jesus <laughs> H. Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus Herbert Christ. Je- Jesus <laughs> Herbert. Jesus H. W. Christ. <laughs> Jesus Herbert Walker Christ. <laughs> Jesus <Come> of Greyhawk. <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't okay. Are what are some out? other? Uh, yeah. What are some other things like? Does uh, so? Ren, you had one. Caleb, do you have any? Like, were there any threads that you were like? I wonder if this will go somewhere, and, uh, and it didn't, or it, it went in a different area that you thought. I don't think so. I. It's mostly just the random characters that we came across that I wondered what happened to, like, like a pig farmer. I was I was super curious about Aof, and and it sounds like they hooked up for about a week. And then had oh, hundreds no, of kids. We you said love and got married, and you said seven oh, days. He did say they got married. Though. No, because oh. yeah. when I said no, seven days of pure passion. Yeah, okay. pure, it, yeah it was. A Were we invited to the love wedding? making session? <laughs> oh, nonstop. It, yeah, I mean, day blended to night, say, night blended he into that. He uh, um, Peleus learned magic for a reason. <laughs> Were we invited to the wedding? Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Tentatively, my only friends in the entire world. I'm like, yeah, I guess you guys. She's like, she's like, honey, you have to invite them, and you're like, why though? Like, it's not that big of a deal. She has eight bridesmaids. You have to have somebody. But I will do like Aoth. Durak doesn't even remember you. You've met him a dozen times. We had him over for dinner last week, and he still introduced himself to you. He shows up to the wedding. So, uh, whose birthday is it? Oh, who are we here for? Alias, uh, who's your girlfriend? I don't think I've ever met her. <laughs> I'm like, You've met her so many times. Uh, you know the guy I want to know what happened to was that guard on that island that we kept trying to kill as he's walking away. <laughs> like, oh, right. Oh, yeah. you, like, what do you think he did? <laughs> he you didn't make, he it, back. He didn't make it back to town. <laughs> he's plotting. Yeah. Right now, he is it's plotting like, for sure. Oh. Like, I was surrendering, and they kept trying to kill me. He's, he's definitely... He's big he bag. definitely was... Was uh, uh, seduced by that. Vecna and was like, "I'm going to get these guys." Yeah, <laughs> nice. He's he's we he's, made he's, him more evil. Yeah, <laughs> he's the he Ren might, and Durak. He might be. Uh, yeah, he might be uh, a problem for you guys later on. He's the Ren and Durak spinoff, Big Bad. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I I want to know what happened to that secretary I kept hitting Ooh. on. Oh wow, uh, she always uh, held a uh, held a torch for you, Peleus, hoping that you'd come back and liberate her. And then once you heard of liberate. the news of uh, of your crew, uh, you know. She she just basically assumed that, um, well, you know, uh, he 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 was definitely saving me. He, I, even though he saved the world, he was, that, that was all for me. You know, she's got a weird twisted mm. perspective. But she ended up becoming uh, the mayor of that little town. She took it over, and she'd be like, this is what Paleys would like. 
And then she's got like a little framed uh, picture, picture of you. Picture of me. He'll yeah, notice yeah. me. I thought now. it was gonna. I thought it was gonna turn into like a uh, <laughs> like a D and D fantasy Fatal Attraction spinoff. Oh, it's definitely Ooh. yeah. Like she she's definitely got like a little mural like the picture, and then it's got candles around it, and like she looks at you as she's the man that she's like one day, even though she knows that you're married. And putting like, lipstick she, she's on like, all over her yeah. face. <laughs> circling her mouth yeah. like, it won't last <laughs> so it won't last it's the same world but what happened to bucky muckbuckle and not my story yeah but you're gonna have and, to and we haven't out. finished that we haven't even yeah. finished the adventure with hemo so who knows he's, yeah. he's gonna meet in he's gonna meet up with Durak and ren when they're hunting down vecna it might happen that'd be legit i mean I'm, I, legit. I would be lying to you if i said that i didn't purposely entwine it that way yeah. for that to happen that's fun yeah, uh and then baron yeah what happened to uh air torn dead he probably got an std and is dead somewhere <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> you will have to uh tune in to the podcast version of this episode because i have audio from air torn <gasps> that will be exclusively put only in the episode not for you guys to hear so you have to okay. download i hope it. so it's 100% true. We, what about Yamhorn from another multiverse? What's he doing right now? Oh, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> in Across every, all multiverses. Yeah, every. Him and... Uh, him and uh, Funny thing about Yamhorn, no matter name? the multiverse, bad rolling. <laughs> <laughs> every single time. That follows him through all yeah. the universes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. String theory Wow, something. The, there is a universal constant, and it's not gravity. <laughs> yeah, it's crit. <laughs> can't roll. <laughs> it's luck. <laughs> uh, Dash, anything that you thought might happen? Uh, any other things that you thought... Oh, this will come back or any like threads? Mm, no, I mean Paleus. You know, I, I, I anything that happens, you know, I just let it go, and then yeah. if it comes back, I'm surprised. He's, he's by very it. zen. I will say that you invited your friend, uh, your old druid friend Ashwin, to your wedding before you invited Durok. Mm, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, and he popped out of a tree. <laughs> That's yeah. fair. Popped out of a tree. He's like, "Hello, mate." And Durok's <laughs> like, like, "Wait a minute, oh, Ashwin." He looks at Cinder and he's like, didn't didn't we kill that guy? No. You didn't. Because Yamhorn is there, I know. No one killed him. Anyway. Uh, Can't kill him. He's too he's too powerful. And yeah. he's he's the druid. He's now. Peleus' friend. Yeah, and he's my friend. Don't kill I him. I feel like Durak also institutes a way that we can pass down our draconic tools to keep the band of the dragon alive. Like descended down, we can hand it off to people that we think are worthy. Oh, your your them. items? Yeah. Like a new Power Rangers. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly like that. that What's makes so sense. funny about that? That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> I exactly. know. That's why it's funny. <laughs> because you went, exactly. <laughs> yes. We were both thinking about yeah. Power Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Dash are on the same wavelength yes. tonight. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> all right hey i uh you don't get to end it oh i really gotta Thanks pee for listening. <laughs> go pee then i okay wait no 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 because there's 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 more stuff that i you know oh. i i have so go pee it's all oh. good all right see ya <laughs> quick end it now all right and that's been chaotic amateurs and guys it's been a great time so. <laughs> <laughs> no i'm wondering uh um who uh as far as like the adventure goes, like any encounters that you've had, anything that you've done, which was uh, we'll just go around the we'll we'll go around the table here. Uh, which was 
your favorite encounter and why? Ren. Oh, uh, definitely dropping the water on uh, that dragonborn guy. All right. I feel like that kind of... 30 cubes of water. We got to figure it out. All that math that we did, and then we looked back on it, and it was totally You know what's so funny? Alex is is here, because we're getting ready to start season four, is that in in season two, we had the exact same fucking fight and the exact same figuring out the math like 50 episodes before we did it with you. I, I went back and found out. I was like, I think we did this. And then I found out. I was like, yep, there it is. There's us figuring out all the water. Yeah, so, and, and then we realized that it was totally wrong. And it was yep. not actual water. And it was mist. And it wouldn't have worked anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do feel like But that's that was... why I, you know, look. That, that's how I run a D&D. Like, sure, there's, there's the correct way to play it. Or there's the way to play it where everyone has a fun time. Yeah, yeah. And that was super fun. So that was you... Really fun. Especially and, because of like and how intrepidatious you were about your like g- your reaction to it, I was like you you see like a seven foot tall dragon board and you go not cool that was your response you go not cool and I was like <laughs> and I kind of felt bad I was like oh shit well and and I explained it. I go well I've got a list of five people I just roll the dice and I pick whoever you're gonna fight and oh, uh, right. <laughs> but and then you just fucking totally. Work that dude over, yeah, I and I, I remember you're like, I swag up to my friends. I'm just like, hey guys, see that? Shit? I, I think that was like a real defining moment for Ren, and like that the- little session, that whole thing of like all of you guys like doing the, all all the fights and then like going in the houses. That was like a kind of uh, and right before that 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 session before that was the Bulgurum episode and all that. But like you guys going into that town really defined. I think where the personalities yeah. really started to take place. Yeah, I think that's, and that's kind of like where Ren began, like finding his like confidence and and yeah. realizing that he was actually a really powerful person and he could yeah. do a lot in this world. Um, and yeah, that's that's definitely the thing that I look to. And, and I you think saw about precursors as, of that when you guys were on the road to Bulgarum and you were driving that cart but also you were maintaining a spell on like one of your friends i forget what i would probably bless or something like yeah. that but you were doing both and that was the first time you really like multitasked hmm. uh also jean claude uh jean bloodsport oh, yeah. uh <laughs> was at the celebration so happy to see you darak uh wonderful so exciting uh we did it i do a split to you and he does the splits do you I do one back? Sp- Don't be rude. I'm honored by your splits, Van Bloodsport. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Caleb, any 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 threads? Anything that you're uh, like? Oh, this could go this way, or or your favorite thing? I don't know. Uh, so I I really enjoyed, regardless of what anybody else says, I really enjoyed the first scene where Cinder shows up, like as a part of the team. Yeah, and, and everything is kind of confusing. yeah. Your opening line. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I got a tiger pelt right before that. Yeah. That, that's the thing. Like that By the way, your window, artwork is fucking badass. Yeah, yeah that was pretty yeah, cool. I like that. Um that whole window for me was a lot of fun. Um uh just the whole jungle scene, fight scene, and I think that was the same one with the guy that kept trying to get away, wasn't it? No. No. That was, that was on later. uh that was on Boglate. You guys oh, okay. were heading out of town after we argued for 7 minutes, which I cut. Uh, of of how the map was done because someone had moved the map and I was like oh, no yeah, and I right. didn't realize it. <laughs> I remember that that argument. sounds about right for us yeah we and that was so that was a time that. that was a time like you guys never heard it but like we start going out of that town or whatever where Paleus's secretary girlfriend is <laughs> and someone had moved the map that I had set up and they placed it a different way like 
I thought they had got up to like touch it, but they flipped it upside down or something. Mm. So I kept referring to this thing that I yeah, thought it was. It was we it all... was just sideways. Yeah. So it was like it was like literally like what was north was yeah. now east. Yeah, you know? and and we just I was like no, and I kept explaining. Then I saw it. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and like, yeah. no, here you go out this way, and then. But yeah, that was like a total we, like we argued for. No joke. I believe it was it was over six minutes of audio that I cut out because we were just yeah. And it's one it. of the few times that we've actually ever argued. I think, I think that and then and that was if 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 I if I may be honest, that was the time because Rhett and I had a couple conversations after that where it was like he's like you hurt my feelings and like you know, I was like you fucking pissed me off and then it was like you suck and no you suck and then uh, but it was like Rhett said something and he goes. We're all like giving our time to gum here. I don't want to go to a place where it's not going to be fucking fun. Right. Yeah. And after that, I made a conscious effort to always make it much more fun. And and as like a mea culpa, I went out of my way from that episode on to purposely. And then it just became a habit because then I started really tuning into it. And then I think you kind of like subconsciously started. But I went out of my way to if you said something funny i made it the episode title for like the like as like a <laughs> apology but then i just realized oh Dura just says stupid shit all the time yeah. <laughs> that are perfect fucking episode yeah. titles there was something like halfway through the last season where Durak, i i just stopped like being so uptight with what he was saying and like the shit just was so funny and felt so natural to like Durak's character anyways that it was i don't know there was there was just like a renaissance My favorite durakism that you really started to lean into whether you meant to or not is like i'd say something to you and then you'd pause you go mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah okay as yeah. if durak really well, needed to i'm pretty it. sure i'm pretty sure even when uh like so me and caleb have twitter accounts for our characters and he created one for cinder and i don't even remember what it was but i was looking through durak's twitter the other day because i was updating his portrait and uh, my only response to Cinder was just, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I love it. Oh shit! Uh, so, Darok, any any threads, anything that you thought that like might come to fruition, or or something that maybe you wished had um, like gone in a different direction, like you know? Well, no, uh, not really anything. I wish had gone in a different direction. I wish, uh, I wish there was a way that I could have saved uh, Yamhorn. The widow. Yeah, the widow. Close your eyes, widow. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, more than that, um, I was just thinking, yeah, I think we even talked about that outside of yeah. the game is like, what's the way we could save you? Yeah. <laughs> um, but not only that, there was something else I was just thinking. Oh, um, I feel like a really, a real defining moment for the way that I played Drock as well was when, um, Baramis, Baramis died. <laughs> Yeah, when you punch his fucking head through the ground. Yeah, basically. Which and was Paleus, one of the epic things, because Peleus did the spell, and we started going for Paleus, it. That, that was the first time that you guys really sort of got into the groove of what you guys became, because Peleus cast darkness in the middle of the thing, oh, and yeah. then he fucking did a you know lightning oh, bolt and yeah, took that. out 38 people. That was like the first time Peleus is like, hey, guys, I'm pretty powerful. Yeah. yeah. That was fun. And also, it was one of the first times where we were like... it. In all, to me, at least, in listening back, it felt like Bentley had this one idea of how it was going to go. And, 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 and making a show, we kind of have this back and forth. And it's like, okay, Bentley kind of wants it to go this way, so it kind of goes that way. Or we want it to go this way, so it kind of goes that way. But that was like the first time where it was like, it kind of felt like it should go this way. And then Paleo's just like, nah, this is happening. And then in character, I was like, 
Well, Dirk Science is going to not do anything, so like I have to do something now. One hundred percent. I I had and that's very I accurate. Paleis and Durog. That that's what I did. Like I remember, like you know, the first time after you got the sword in season two, he showed up with a bunch of Drow elite, Drow guards, and the helmed horrors, and escorted you back to the city. Yeah, and I remember you guys saying this. This is when I was still in my apartment. You guys played that session and. It was that was the start of the session was like them like meeting you. The end of it was you guys having that dinner and doing all the the dragon egg stuff and like the yeah. bringing Zarvog back. I remember you guys saying to me after they're like that was the most I think I believe Rhett you said it you go that was the most helpless I've ever felt in a D and D session. Yeah, and Caleb pulled me aside. It's like, um, if you're just gonna like, you know, make it so we can't do anything. I don't think we should. Play like we should reevaluate. Why is he Jim Gaffigan ordering a hot pocket? I don't remember that at all. Yeah, you were you, you pulled me aside like as you were leaving my apartment. You were like if you like I don't know if I want to have like if if the game is going to continue where it's just like we can't do anything because you've like overpowered us or whatever. Like I I, I, I I don't know. I think we should like you know we should rethink it. I was like. No, I just have to do that for story next time. And then if you listen to it, the next one is when you guys start yeah. home alone exiting the the thing where you, it's all roles yeah. and it's all that. But yeah. I had I, to, like, story-wise get you into that point. Right. And uh, I just thought that was – and whenever I would – It's like a linchpin in the story that has to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And so then at that same spot, I was like, let's go do this. But I was purposely, like, doing – like, giving you guys – because it was, like, the third time I'd done it. I put all of this stuff, and I was so happy – that Peleus was like, nope, casting darkness because I wanted you guys to fight though, and you guys did it, and you guys actually got to where I wanted, which is yeah. you beat the bad guys, which is what I wanted you to yeah. do. I just set it up in a way that you'd seen before, where but, it seemed like you guys were hopeless or whatever. Yeah, and that was what was cool about it though is I, I feel like that was one of the first times that we really went against the grain of like what like it, it felt that way. You had set it up in such a way it felt like we were going against the grain, and then the reward at the end of it was like. Hell yes. We could do anything. Yeah. Let's go back in time and kill these guys. And then Yumhorn dies. Murder their whole families. We'll find them as babies and just Jeez. drop them into the river. <laughs> time travel. That was uh, that was one of the harder things for me too like keeping tr- track of the time travel. Like that was something oh, yeah, like I was sure. going back yeah. and always listening to the episodes. I applaud like, you. Yeah, that. that was impressive. Oh, There's right. no way yeah. I Well, would it's ever... my fault. He puts his hand <laughs> on backwards. <laughs> yes, yes. arm wrestle. Oh, well, all right. Yeah. I, I will I will tell you this is that uh once you guys entered into that trunk uh, the the first time, uh, when Baravis, or Baravin was attacking, and you guys first entered the trunk. I've listened from there until whenever, probably six or seven times, all episodes, just to remember stuff, yes. so I can remember it and then bring it up later or something yeah. like that, or just to like keep it straight. Or if like you guys are going to a certain area or wherever, I was like where are they at here? I go back and listen to like four or five episodes and be like, okay, so I can like create. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, like what you guys had already had to happen or whatever. Yeah. It was really fucking stupid. Um, brave. Um, the, uh, the the one thing I will say about my stuff is uh, for this is that like uh, I had been playing for like nine months or something at the time or seven, seven eight months or whatever when, you know, uh, for the listeners, like I, you know, I got a divorce. I moved out. I moved into this apartment building and that's why there was some sort of like inconsistency like on season one like when it ended or whatever just because you know i was sad but i was like (laughs) but i was like hey i need something to do i need to write so i'm gonna dm and 
I what I thought was going to be like 25 episodes, and then it was like 47 for season two, and you guys weren't even halfway done with my story. So like a hundred over a hundred episodes, I think 101 yep. or 102 episodes of yeah, my story, cool. over a hundred hours of content. Uh, this thing and hanging out with you guys and and doing this was something that got me through my divorce. And oh, cool. it's it's awesome. Like I I have and it you hear me get happier yeah. as episodes go along. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> you hear me being happier and you hear me and also I think one of the coolest things was just like learning it's so different. Like we've all we've all DM'd and most of us have DM'd for one another in, in a certain fashion. Uh and it's it's a huge learning curve to go from like, I still don't know the rules really. <laughs> I just go like, what's going to be the most fun for them. Yeah. You're that's, among that's, friends. That's only, that's my only approach. What is going to make them happy or really make them mad? Yeah. Like <laughs> I will say <laughs> that's, like that, that I will say that that is my, uh, the, the aspect of, of your sad chapter of that part of your life was losing. Where I lost my Philly. entire family. Right. Yeah, I know. But also losing Lance in Philly. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> but more, but worse than losing your family, you lost Lanston, and that's true. I did sacrifice him because I was so mad. Yeah. I was so sad. I was and, like, "Who cares? Kill him." And I and I was trying so hard to just be like, I, I didn't really want that to happen, but I I really wanted you to still feel involved in but like, hey, the guess decision what? making. Epilogue on the epilogue. Uh, when when you got you guys mucked with the timeline enough that when you guys went back to the future to to do it. Uh, I believe I said this. You saw images of different things happening as you're going through the time. Yeah, Lanson's alive. He's he's back in existence. Oh yeah, he's the hero of. He's still the hero of Bravik, but he didn't sacrifice himself. So nice. nice. He could be up there next. To, if you guys go find the egg, who knows who you meet? Oh, that'd be legit. What if you hatch the egg and it is Lanson? Yeah, he pops out of the egg. Yeah. Oh, oh, like Zarvog's, <laughs> Zarvog's human form is Lanston. I guess he is an illusionist. Who knows? Dang, that'd be trippy, yo. What's up, Bozo? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. As he pops out of the egg. The one, the one thing I really wanted to say, too, about the Baramus thing yep. was uh, the only thing I'm uh, that I didn't get to explore with Durak that I wanted to explore was I had this this vision that like losing Baramus and losing him in, in, in a way like that happened kind of uh, sent some emotional conflict to Durak and I, Durak and I always thought about cross-classing him into being a barbarian eventually and like really playing on that sort of not the traditional sword and shield battle master of Versburg, but like just a wild crazy yeah. barbaric fighter um, I'm kind of glad it didn't go that way however it could happen in the spinoff I, I remember yeah. you talking about that and I think it'd be an interesting choice to like show up like that sort of thing, like unlocks in you later in life, yeah, or whatever, and like you know, you get this sort of, and not dissimilar to Ren, like it almost it gives you like an extra hundred years because you unlock like this barbarian yeah. rage or whatever keeps the cancer at bay. Yeah, it keeps the, the cancer. My at bay. barbaric fire burns away the cancer. The bloodlust. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh shit, uh, Paleus! Anything that you would have liked to have done. Or, I mean, I got to say, and we were talking about this uh, with, with your pal that you work with uh, um, at, at your D&D game, mm. is that uh, um, you got to ca- uh, cast a what, uh, meteor shower, or what is it? Yeah, it was oh, yeah. it was a uh, meteor was cool. swarm. Meteor swarm. 
and Ruin the spells i i you you had said something about that and then it was like i was like yeah a, a whole bunch of you a whole bunch of yous yeah spoilers yeah. Uh, Spoilers. Uh, we, we have a live audience here today, folks. Uh, one of our biggest fans of the show. Uh, the person that comes up and tells me about the show, and I go, "Wait, she, what happened?" She actually is a is at the hundred dollar a month tier on Patreon. <laughs> That's crazy. So if you want to come witness a live recording of Chaotic Amateurs, a hundred you got to fly month. yourself here. You can't stay with me. You have to sign an NDA. You have to sign an NDA. You fly yourself here. You can't stay with me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real it's it's a real sweet deal. but you can say with me as long but as like i thought that was a very cool idea like we kind of came up beer. together yeah, yeah and also i think your introduction into the show one of my favorite things that we did was that you sent me like a couple of paragraphs and then you and i just you know mano a mano sat in my bedroom and we played D just together yeah. and i played a whole bunch of characters and we did it for four hours and we made four hours of like paleus's backstory yeah oh yeah that's and right. i dropped off your uh your pa amp during that yeah. And I was like, oh, it'd be really cool to talk to him about how this is going. And I stood around for like five minutes. I was like, well, this ain't ending. And I just left. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that did happen. I forgot about that. <laughs> I completely do not remember you ever showing up. Yeah, you and I locked eyes. And Bentley was in I, his closet. I, <laughs> That's true. I black out sometimes. And yeah. I just completely But that's forget. one of my favorite things is like, my uh, face has it, on it you. was that sort of thing. And then like, because that to me was like your sort of integration into the group. Because I remember like. You were just supposed to be a one-off, and I was going to use like more and more improvisers. Yeah, I mean, I did use a bunch of the improvisers, you know, uh, uh, yeah. to come in and play characters. But you were the first one, and then I remember after the first session when you left, you left first, and they all looked at me like with like puppy dog eyes. They're like, "Can you play with us always?" That's not exactly how it happened. No, that's exactly. It's, that's how pretty it much it. They're like, "He was awesome. Can can he always play with us?" Caleb like, went like this. To. He goes. So I don't want to speak for everyone else, but like that was pretty fun, right? That <laughs> dynamic he added. What do you guys think about maybe seeing if he wants to come back? It's like trying to ask if your significant other wants to swing. Like, how can I word this in <laughs> a way that won't sound game? creepy, but I'm super into this person? Um, That's pretty oh, easy. Not, not relatable. on a playground. Is that not normal? <laughs> not relatable. <laughs> oh, is it just the married guys? Yeah. <laughs> Up top. <laughs> so weird caleb are you gonna get a divorce soon yeah. <laughs> i'm here aren't i <laughs> why do you think me and caleb love hanging out so much <laughs> i don't know <laughs> don't use his name come on i'll believe it you can believe it <laughs> he's not gonna believe it. all right I will 100% believe it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's have some anonymity here. You have so, to know uh, so, found the show. Uh, uh, in in uh, unprecedented, uh, you know, uh, chaotic amateurs fashion, I'm going to hand the mic over to our studio audience for her to ask any questions about your characters that she's ever had, as she's uh -oh. our super fan. Uh -oh. So here we go. Yes. This is Sierra. Hi, Sierra. Hi. Okay. Stop. <laughs> Why was Paleos' dad never brought up for a lot of this stuff? Well, he oh, was a human dad? being and he was probably dead. Yeah. Uh, well, that's right. Mommy, yeah, yeah. But Paleos' no dad was a human half of Paleos and he was a pirate. Uh, it basically was like a one night stand. So. He did come up. Oof. Uh, he did come up. I remember we talked about him at one point that he was like the pirate. He was a scoundrel or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember that. Re kind of a that deadbeat. That's why he was never brought up. Familiar. 
Yeah, he... He's uh, the source of Peleus's drinking problems. He's just not around. Uh, yeah. Just like some of our real dads. Okay. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dash's dad uh, is dead. I'm kidding. Um, I can't believe you said that are on you? mic. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, so, Any other questions? <laughs> yeah, About Caleb, how come Uh-oh. all of your characters are Sam, basically the same? The same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how did I know that was going to be Cut the question? Deep. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, because I don't know what I'm doing, frankly. Hey, here's a question for: Is your new character going to be any different? Uh, probably not. You're going to commit I mean, to one speech role playing. You know, I have. Oh, good. Three point <laughs> The best ever. Uh, I recorded me talking in a voice to try to remember a voice for this new character. Oh, I d- yeah. I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull it off, but we'll we'll see. I I always have these grand intentions uh coming in yeah yeah i have these grand intentions (laughs) but but it i never feel comfortable i'm not like these guys i'm not uh i don't do characters i'm good i'm not i don't do characters or anything like that but he is going to for season four i don't know alex is gonna hold him to it Uh uh-oh he just got the thumbs up from the new dm oh yeah He's going to punish know. you if you don't we'll disadvantage see. every role until you're in character. But that doesn't mean the character is going to be any different. <laughs> Just the voice is going to be different. That's fine. <laughs> That's awesome. all Durok is. Do you think Durok is like this freaking really in-depth character? No, he's me talking he, like this. He, he's just me lowering my voice. Yeah, I'm more curious <laughs> to see what your new character is going to be like, if it's yeah. going to be considerably different or not. It will be. Huh. Any other questions from our studio audience? I think I'm good. Oh, nice. That Two questions. Enough. That's $100 can get you all this, folks. <laughs> uh, any Thank final you, thoughts before we get out of here? And we wrap this chapter of, gosh, two years. Yeah, that's, Dang, that's yeah. insane. Here's two, what I propose. Two years. Yeah. I propose a toast to the best Dungeons & Dragons group I have ever been a part of. Thank wait, you, wait, Chaotic wait, Crew. Wait. wait. Oh, I got to get my geez. drink out. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> right. Can you just pull out a bottle of vodka? <laughs> he just pulled out a fifth of vodka. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Cheers. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Hey, and let's raise one to our new DM. This is one hell of a group to come into and fit into, and he's done a hell of a job in his sides in his side <laughs> and sessions. He's raising with us. a candle. Hell yes. <laughs> Cheers. Let's fucking start season four, bitches. And that's exactly what we're gonna do. Thank you all very much for tuning in to Chaotic Amateurs uh, for the last time. I've been your host and DM for seasons two and three. Bentley Michaels. To my right, I have Caleb is Cinder Darkloft. Dash is Paleus Ian Earth. Rhett is Durak Dragon's Bane. Milo is Ren. Thank you all very much for joining us around our proverbial podcast table. Grab your swords and keep on adventuring. Anyways, it's a bad time to tell you guys that I fucking hate Follow us across all platforms with Chaotic Amateurs Please subscribe, rate, and review our show on your podcast app of choice to help us climb the charts and find new adventurers Or become a patron on Patreon to help our heroes continue their quest Thank you for listening to Chaotic Amateurs Chaotic Amateurs